today. Welcome to How to Be a Texan. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing good. I'm trying to show. <laughs> what him am I a, looking at? I'm trying what to show I'm... him a meme live on the air. Man, I don't. I don't know what y'all are doing over there. I know that I'm hot though, Kevin. And you know what I'm mad about? <laughs> You're laughing and I'm mad. Sorry, Andrew had me distracted. I'm he, so upset. Maybe this meme will relieve you of. I don't know what's No, I'm hot. I need to stay hot. You know why I'm hot? Why? Because there's a bunch of sorry dogs in the horse industry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what there are. Yeah, but that's nothing new. Why are you suddenly all hot? I don't know. About it? I just got. I just started thinking about it, and and the most untrust stewing. Yeah, the most untrustworthy <laughs> people in the world are horse traders. You believe that? I do believe it. Yeah, I mean I they are sorry. There's for some the sorry most people part. out there. Ninety nine point nine out of a hundred are sorry, sorry people. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, I just did. I would say there's probably you know eighty percent of the people are good, but there's those twenty percent that are just sorry. God, you and are, they tend to dominate. You are far more trusting than I have. I have had <laughs> such bad experience. I've only met one. Well, no, I take that back. There's a few people that I've met that are really just good, honest people. But the for the most part they're terrible. Yeah. And so today I was talk I want to talk about how to buy a horse. How to buy a horse. All how right. to buy a horse. Because <laughs> it's important if you're in Germany or Iceland or wherever, the Nordics, yeah. you might need a really strong horse to get across country. Nordics, uh, there's really good horse industry up in the Nordics, by the way. I <laughs> know uh, I'm not I'm not joking with you at all. I can imagine. I'm well, very game, serious. Well, Game of Thrones, I'm a big Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> they have those giant, big, strong horses, you know, yeah. to go through all that snow and those mountain cliffy things. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Andrew? Yeah, the Budweiser horses. Yeah, those giant. It seemed like Jon Snow was always riding around on a big Budweiser mm-hmm. horse. And you know, when they're going into battle, you know the ba- the Battle of the Bastards. You remember mm-hmm. that one? It was all these cavalrys coming. Each, each. How do they find that many giant Budweiser horses? To get <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I remember whenever I was playing Red Dead Redemption, you uh-huh. could get some of those big horses. Well, that's a video and, game. And those, this was those like legit. Are, those things are tanks. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, well there's saying. a lot of horses out there, man. It's a big industry. It's a big industry. You know, uh, when we first got it, started getting into it, somebody told me, can't remember who it was, they, and you've probably heard this. It's kind of cl- cliche. They said... You want to know how to make a million dollars in the horse industry? And I said, how? They said, start with two million and then buy a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll end up with a million. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, That's perfect. So true. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. It's it's like the, what's the best day of after, you know, buying a boat? You know, it's the best, it's when you sell it, (laughs) you know. And, and and there's a little bit of that. So horses have been a big part. Well, of I'm our not family. on that side of it. I mean, we still have ours. I I love them, but your, man, your boat they, or your horses? My horses. Oh, I don't yeah. have a boat, but they are they are they're not cheap. No, and they can really be not cheap if you don't know what you're doing, right? Or if you don't have people that you can trust. Well, you know, I've to told you, you, I've told you the story many times about what Doc Shepard told me a long time ago, right? Yeah. No, I don't know. He said when when we moved out here and got our little mini ranch out here and and he started taking care of Elvis. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. <laughs> hey, this episode's all story time. <laughs> oh, it is so all about stories. If if you don't want to hear stories and just hit stop, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. <laughs> just hit escape or whatever you got to do. Just buzz out. This really is all about story time. It's story time, and it's generally Kyle being upset. Most of the time. All right, all right. Very, very fiery. If you think about your entire experience, 90% of it has been positive. 
Think about uh, what it's done for Caroline. I'm going to say sixty-one percent. Sixty-one. Sixty-one percent has been favorable. Thirty-nine <laughs> percent has been highly unfavorable. All right. Well, then let's focus on the positive. No, let's go dark first. <laughs> let's go. Let's go dark. So anyway, so yeah. So what Doc Shepard told me, he said, Kyle, horses are one of two things: homicidal or suicidal. That's what he told me, and he's yeah. right. He's right. They're always either hurting themselves. Or hurting others, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, all the time. Anywho, all right, well. all right. So let's keep going. So anyway, today we wanted to give you some guidance on how to buy a horse. So if you're in Germany or Iceland or Virginia or wherever, and you're going to buy a horse, then you need to know a few things. What about if you're in America, or maybe even in Texas? Virginia is in America. Maybe even te- okay, that's true. What about Texas? Well, Since this podcast is about being a Texan. Well, we're Texans, and we're supposed to be experts on horsery, right? Well, you and I are, yeah. I know. So now I'm sharing it with not only our Texas brothers and sisters, but we got to share right. it with the rest of the world. Okay, I'm with Because they're all listening. Settled. You have such an edge to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just They're all listening, and they need to know. <laughs> You can get pissed off quick when you start trying to buy a horse. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's good reason, because you are going to get hosed. Well, you don't have to get hosed. But you probably will. I never got hosed, but it's because you had been hosed, and I was able to Thank learn goodness. from that wisdom and experience. You know, there's a reason why. But they're... I also spent a whole lot of time reading and learning, yeah, and yeah. I think people need to do that, too. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. But there's a reason why there's a bad connotation. I don't need to be pointing. You pointed at me nuts. <laughs> Stop. It's very uncomfortable. It goes back to my Disney <laughs> approach to quality management, and they say never point one finger at somebody, and I'm just sitting there pointing right at Kevin's I face. I didn't sell you a bad horse or anything. No, you didn't. Fault. You've actually helped me all through the process. But anyway, going back to Disney, they say you point with two, three, four of the open hand when you're trying to make a point. You never point with one finger. Right. Anyway, I've just been pointing right at Kevin's nose oh, yeah, the whole yeah, episode, yeah. so I'm going to retract from that trying to take a few deep breaths and then let's go let's learn together kevin that sounds fantastic let's learn together, (laughs) (laughs) or let's have some shared experiences so that your experiences don't suck how about that i agree with that yeah let's do that i agree with that because i've had some of those experiences and i'm going to share those with you all right let's just stop talking about what you're going to talk about start (laughs) talking about the I just, five minutes. I just want to keep on this rant <laughs> about a horse trader. It's a bad connotation for a reason. You remember that one uh, horse sailor? Yeah. And, oh, that uh, big one. They he, were going to give it to me. Yeah, but he couldn't get the bit in his mouth. Couldn't get the bit in his mouth. Yeah. And uh, but it was like riding an ocean uh, ocean wave. That was yeah. the most because once we got a bit in his mouth, and he was a gigantic sucker. He's probably eighteen hands big. Yeah. He's a Big sucker. He's a big boy. Is, these are all quarter horses. So all you fancy people riding fancy horses, these are just quarter horses. Um, Sailor was not a quarter horse. He was a thoroughbred. That's why he was so big. Is that right? Mm-hmm. He sure was. He looked like a quarter horse. He was off to ex uh, race horse. He was a race mm-hmm. horse. Yep. That's right. That's why he was such a big boy. Oh, but he did right. have that quarter horse look to him. He did. He did. But when I rode him, he was I, tall. You get him into a lope, and it, it felt like butter. You know, but it was see, beautiful. Now today. If if we had that situation today, I could teach him how to get that bit in easily. Yeah, and there's give other, me a couple of hours, he'd be trained. The, because what I've learned is they are so trainable uh-huh. once you kind of know how they tick. Yeah, and back then we had no idea. Yeah, 
I remember just trying to hold his lips open. And yeah. <laughs> yeah but that bit, you remember but this was ridiculous. You remember Ed, the shirt, shirtless Ed? He yeah. would he would put that squeezer on Sailor's lip yeah. to get him right, right, in right. so much pain so that he would unclench That's his teeth. It's called a twitch. Yeah. A twitch, twitch. which is terrible. Uh-huh. What a horrible device. <laughs> You're basically inflicting pain on somebody in one area to open up something else. Yeah. Well, they use, the vet uses that all the time. Oh. Like when we've had a colic issue, they'll put that twitch on there. I don't think it really hurts them. They it put that twitch on looks there. looks like it, it hurts. But, well, they don't you know, throw their head or anything. Do you know that you can tell uh, uh, one of the racing horses by raising up their upper lip and it's tattooed, the, yeah. the race number's tattooed on their yeah. upper you, lip we looked inside? At, we looked at Sailor's yeah. tattoo in there. That's well, exactly that's why I remember I'm that. glad I didn't take him. I didn't need that. Well, I didn't yeah. Need that. You know. there's, there's another way that you can get through that. by if you, if you don't have a bit on a horse, and the bit is that it's basically steel shank that goes – into their mouth, uh, and that's what really guides kind of driving them left or right or t- stopping or whatever. But they're bitless, you know, basically reins as well. You can ride, and that's the other thing that I didn't know then that I know now. Yeah. I just, I ride in the rope halter. Yeah. 99% of the time, I don't even put a bit in these horses' mouths. That's for a very gentle horse. She's the rope halter. Yeah, that's yeah. a terribly gentle horse. But I think horse. Sailor was probably... He was in he, that. He was a race horse, so we probably would have had to work with him a little bit, but yeah. we could have got him there. Okay, all right, all right. I have no doubt. Enough about Sailor. That was Forget 10 years Sailor. ago. That's 10 years they ago. They were going to give him to me for free, and I didn't take him yeah. because we couldn't ever get him a bit put in. But regardless... Let me say the theme, other than just being pissed off, the theme of this episode. <laughs> I thought you were still <laughs> working on the theme. <laughs> and I'm pointing again. I know. spent 10 minutes <laughs> setting thought, up the episode. I thought we were into the content already. I started pointing again because I just get so angry. Is that you need to do your homework, as Kevin said, and that you need a trusted guide throughout the process of buying a horse. Yep. And don't just go out and do it your own, because I've seen so many families do that. Oh, well, little Twinkie, my little dearling daughter or whatever, my six-year-old or my three-year-old is going to get into horse riding, and I'm going to go get a horse, and I know what's best. And I, I just saw this on Craigslist. I'm going to just go buy this beautiful horse. Mm-hmm. What a nightmare. The reason that – that is what prompted me to suggest this topic yeah. a few weeks ago when yeah. I brought this up is because I was in a uh, business setting – and uh, this is someone that I really didn't know the first time I'd met him. And, you know, this person, uh, we had a couple meetings scheduled this day. And this person said, you know, well, I can't make this last meeting because I got to get home and feed the horses. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that caught my attention. So yeah. I started asking questions. Him and his wife had moved out to a property. They got trails all around. So they decided, you know, no horse experience. So they decided they wanted to buy some horses to go ride on the trails, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's got these horses that are, you know, they can't ride them on the trails because they're mm-hmm. spooking all the time. Yeah. And they don't know what to do. And obviously the people that sold them to them are nowhere to be found, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what prompted me to kind of suggest this episode because I started thinking back into, you know, everything that we went through to make sure that specifically did not happen. Yeah. You and, you yeah. know, as y'all were acquiring these and us too. Mm-hmm. But people like that who don't know anyone, you know, and who don't uh, know much about it. Right. You know, and 
people make the mistake of thinking that they're just, you know, it's like a dog or something. Mm -hmm. And the personality of of a horse is 180 degree opposite of a dog. If you treat them like a dog, that's when they will kill you. That's right. right. They will kill you. Yeah. So anyway, so I kind of felt sorry for that. And uh, that made me think, wow, you know, we should just do an episode on this because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of hard lessons that we've both learned. That's right. And we pretty much did it the right way. You know, I would imagine not even knowing where to start or anything it would yeah. just be a nightmare. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree with that to some extent. I, I didn't do it all the way right. I, I've bought horses now that I have huge regrets over that were terrible. I almost bought horses that was almost terrible uh, because of dishonesty. And, um, and so just general uh, preamble before you go buy a horse, I would say all the things you just talked about, you know, think about your commitment to the animal itself, because if if you're just buying it for yard art, then just call it that, saying I'm just buying this horse for yard art. In other words, it's just going to be out there, and it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to look at it; it's going to be awesome. Okay, buy whatever you want. Go get any horse you want, and, and as long as you got strong fences, then great. Do that. But if you're planning on riding it on occasion, um, you need to be committed to actually ride it and keep it kind mm-hmm. of in the mindset of being a horse that enjoys being ridden. Yep. Because it's not like little Fido the dog. Like it does once it learns how to sit, that's not what a horse does. <laughs> its natural thing is not to be ridden. And uh, you have to basically retrain it every now you don't have to break it. You know, you don't have to break the horse uh, only once and that's it. But then to be a really good consistent rideable horse, it needs to be ridden consistently. So completely and knowing how to quickly tune it back up if yeah. you don't ride it, if you go a while, right? Yeah. Which is what I've had to learn to do. Cause you know, we just have long stretches where we don't tune them up and as gentle as these horses are, you know, I mean the ho- all the horse really wants to do is stand out there and eat grass. That's right. At the end of the day, that's right. It just wants to sit out there and eat grass and do its thing, which is no pressure. Go look around, and it wants go to have its its herd mates, yeah, so it, that it feels safe. It right? wants to have buddies. Yeah. If it doesn't have buddies, it's gonna yeah. freak out. And they find safety in those you know yeah. numbers, and so they have a pecking order, and whoever's yeah. the leaders, the herd leader, and all that kind of stuff. So you gotta yeah. start to figure that out. And so when you don't engage with them for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> next time you go out there, they're going to kind of test you a little bit and make sure that you're, you know, kind of still the leader, right? That, so we right. had a funny story. We we usually kind of tune them up during the holidays a lot mm-hmm. because over the Christmas, Thanksgiving break, we have lots of time. And so we end up riding a lot. So <clears throat> same pattern this past year. So I went out there, started, you know, kind of messing with them, uh, you know, a few weeks before, I guess, thanks. It's probably October. I can't remember. Anyway, Doc's thing is, and they all have little things that will go away when you're working with them, Mm -hmm. or when you stop working, they'll come back, Mm -hmm. right? So Doc's thing is, if we haven't been spending time with him, he'll become kind of a pain to to catch. Oh, yeah. Like right now, if we went out there to catch him, he'd walk right up to us, Yeah, you know, because I got him worked out. But anyway, so we started, so anyway, he would do his little thing, and uh, one day he decided to run... (laughs) From back here up to the front, okay, mm-hmm. and and I, what I'll do is I'll let him run, and then I'll just be persistent, and yeah, mm-hmm. usually it takes about thirty seconds of yeah. this crap, and then he's fine. This is it's never a long thing. So anyway, he ran, and it had been raining, and he literally slipped in the mud and like fell on his side. Oh yeah, and I just 
busted out yeah. laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, this is ridiculous. So I spent, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes just working with him on catch. There's a specific thing you can do to work on catching. Mm-hmm. And then he's been fine ever since. Yeah. But if I let it go for a while, he'll kind of, you know, test me again. That's mm-hmm. just how they are. You no, know, that's right. But you got to learn, you got to learn how to deal with all well, that. A lot, lot tune of, them up. A lot of horses do that. When they see a halter come out and you start walking toward them, they'll take off. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, they, you, it, but what you got to do is you got to then teach them. That's not, it's ever going to be the norm. No, it's right? not okay. Yeah. And, and then eventually they realize it's like, okay, I'm kind of beaten down. What's the point? I'm just going to come to you. We're going to just going to keep thing, running and, and I'm, I'm fine gonna... to let them run. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. So, okay. So, um, let, let's talk through some of the things. So my whole, my whole encouragement is just know what you're doing before you get into it. Mm-hmm. Please don't just buy junior a horse just because you think it's a cute passing fad mm-hmm. because this is a big commitment. It is a big commitment. You know, you've got, think about that. Number one, you've got a 1,200 pound pet now that you have to figure out how to board or keep with you. We're, we're fortunate and then we're able to keep them on our property. But most people don't have that option. Mm-hmm. So you have to board it. So you have to find a boarding facility that can go anywhere from 300 to $1,500 a month or mm-hmm. whatever. And it could be far more than that for some of the English. And there's, there's two kind of styles, you know, English and Western, at least in the U.S. Um, that you worry about the equestrian style, the jumpy fancy stuff is over on the, the, um, equestrian side. And then the Western side is the speed events, the roping, the, you Mm -hmm. know, all the cows involved and all that. And that's come from really the cowboy tradition, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you have to think through those two. And the interesting thing is we've got a whole lot of both around here. You know, you would think in Texas, it'd be mostly Western, but it's really not. A lot of the barns and facilities, even around Argyle, are actually English. They are. There are a lot of that. They are. A ton of it. And so the western side is really kind of the poor man's side, and the the, uh, equestrian is really more of a rich person's, in my perception. Because we're talking about if I'm going to lease an equestrian, a jumper, and that's typically I'm going to lease that for hundreds of thousands of dollars for a high-bred horse that is proven to be a good competitor and a good jumper or whatever, or dressage or whatever. Um, so it's a super different deal. Now, we're into it just for the riding, the trail riding, all the Western stuff with the barrel racing and the roping and well, whatnot. Well, the, the high-end Western events and the high-end horses are just as expensive. Oh, no, they certainly you know? can be. <clears throat> yeah, those yeah. top rainers that, um, I mean, you know, they're – Thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars for oh, a horse. Easily. Oh no, we we yeah. so Caroline, you know, my daughter competes on the college rodeo team. She's got her two barrel horses with her now, and um, you know, she's got teammates or competitors where they're not winning, they're not placing in the top five at all these college rodeos. So dad or mom will go buy another one hundred to three hundred thousand dollar proven barrel horse that's going to win consistently in one D performance. And <clears throat> that's what they're competing against. So a hundred thousand? Are you serious? Uh, more than that, even. And, and just some of the technology that they carry with them. So all these rodeos. So here's Caroline and I. I bought a twenty-year-old trailer. That's it's fine. It's functional. And we roll up, and then I look right next to us, and the next thing is this eighteen-wheeler with this massive, you know, six or eight horse deal with a twenty-foot you know, living quarter that has all these bump outs and it's probably a million dollar setup mm-hmm. easy yeah. just for that horse carrier, yep. you know? And so that, 
that's the kind that's of stuff. high end, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're on the low end, but there's there's all kinds of money that can be put into the horse world about moving them out, competing, training, whatever. Much less all of just the horse care. So the basic horse care itself is, you know, the feeding, the grooming, you know, making sure you have safe fences and areas that, like, for example, you can't have any barbed wire, any kind of posts, anything like that, because they'll self-injure themselves Mm -hmm. by running into it, basically. If you have nice pipe fence, then you're generally going to be safe. Barbed wire works great for cattle because their skin is so thick. Yeah. Horses' skin is actually pretty thin and sensitive, it, believe it or not. It's thin. And that's yeah. what I – like, I've, I've been nursing Scout the last three mm-hmm. months because of that massive gash that she did. Basically, I think she just ran into a T-post mm-hmm. and just split herself wide open. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was a, a hot mess. Mm-hmm. But So, you, you know, then you get vet care and then you get farrier care. Farrier, you know, basically every six weeks they're – their feet grow like toenails, and they just keep mm-hmm. growing out. You have to trim that off about every six to eight weeks. Dude, I finally got the best farrier I've ever had. He's good at the trimming, but he's also incredibly um, organized, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of most people in this industry. He uses Google Calendar. Oh, wow. He takes Venmo for payment. No way. Yeah, and he's just on it, right? So he came out this week uh, while I was in California he you know shot me a text, hey, you know, I'll turn the horses out when I'm done. Cool. When he's done, I paid him on Venmo and then I immediately had a calendar for Google schedule for the next trimming just like that. Okay. Best I've ever had. Yeah, that which most, is rare in this I, industry. I've never had a farrier and we've gone through probably 10. Yeah. And they're nothing like that. It's cash based. Maybe they'll show up, maybe yep. they won't. Call them. There's no text. <laughs> You know, and basically call their landline and hope that they're around, you know, somebody will answer. None of that. Right, right, right. So it's not high tech at all. Yeah, yeah. So this this dude's good. Okay, that's very good. Yeah. But but then, you know, so then you've got, you know, their their immunizations, their teeth need to be floated, you know, once every year or two. Basically, their teeth are like their... Uh, feet where they continue to grow, especially their back feet, where you basically have to file them off. And you won't know that until you get on and they're all pissed off and they start hopping around and you're like, what's going on, fella? And then you realize you look at the back of their throat and their teeth have basically, they're they're just cutting their jaws and they really hurt. Yeah. And then you put a bit on there and it just makes them go crazy. Yeah, yeah. So Well, but we have the guy uh, check them now, right? So when we have the vet come out to do shots, yeah. I'll have them... Do a quick check of the teeth. Usually they're fine. Yeah. This fairy I'm using now, he's also trained in equine dentistry. Oh. So the first time I had him come out, and this is kind of how I knew he was legit, I had him look at the teeth too, right? Uh And my expectation from dealing with people in the horse industry is the answer I expected was, oh, yeah, their teeth are horrible. I need to float them now. Sure. But, you know, one really good sign was he felt of them. He said, no, they're good till the spring. Oh, that's so good. So, to me, I was kind of testing him a little bit to see if he was, you know, going to try to con me. No, that's fantastic. But But anyway, so I'll have them check periodically just when somebody's out here that knows what they're doing. That way I don't get into that situation because that's we did have that situation with one of our horses right Right. after we bought them, and that was not fun. Well, and then then you have the ongoing worry of – there's a thing. We've talked about colic before on some episodes. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. But colic is is probably the thing you want to worry about more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And you would never guess that, but it's basically like if Kevin and I sat down for burgers – 
And I thought I was, um, you know, a world-class burger eater. And I was just going to keep eating burger after burger after burger until I literally died. That's the same as a horse on new hay or new green grass, where the horse, unlike the cow, the cow eats and eats and eats, and then it decides I'm full and I'm going to lay down and chew that cut. And that's what a, a cow does. A horse has the different mentality where they're going to eat until they die. If there's available food for them, they'll continue to eat until basically their stomach fills up and then it balls all the way back up down their throat and then they they can't do any more and they keep doing it and then they basically can die from that. Well, the colic is some kind of blockage that gets yeah. built up. I mean, and you're right. They will eat as long as there's something out there. But there's also, I don't know what causes it to build up, but they'll yeah. get a blockage in there. Right. And that's a weird one, too. We've had that happen, I think, twice. Yeah. And that's a weird one because the vet will come out and he'll use the twitch thing. Oh, yeah. And they'll run a tube all the way down into their stomach and start yeah. pumping mineral oil in there to yeah. loosen the crap up. And, right, right. And then that's part one of the exam. And then part two is, <laughs> is to put that... a glove on and stick their hand up the horse's butt and yeah. feel around. Well, we've had several friends that have. <laughs> it's a rough job, man. <laughs> well, it, and it's not good. But it's scary, too. We've had several friends very, very recently. As a matter of fact, one last week, uh, Sally, uh, the lady who sold us Scout and our horse trailer, uh, her favorite horse just died last week. And that was an amazing horse. Elvis, for us, almost died that week. Your horses have done that. Her horse died of colic of last colic. week? And they tried to save it for three days and couldn't. Oh, that's horrible. But that's not the only one. Uh, the Markarts, their horse died from colic on a new bale that was put out. And just over and over. This has happened many, many, many times with our friends. You know, again, this is one of those things where we we researched it a lot. And we've been overly, and we've taught the girls because one of the first signs is that they'll be laying down and not standing up, right? Yeah. So I've got the girls trained, and I'll get texts all the time. Hey, Dad, Pumpkin's laying down. Yeah. And I'll tell them exactly what to go do, and it's you know never, hardly ever. Yeah. But we've been very paranoid. And I think after it happened to Doc the first time, we got really, really, really paranoid about it because it, it can be deadly really, really fast. Oh, no. If it, you're not it, on it. it can be deadly. The other thing that we had that's not colic, but it's kind of similar, was, and this happened last year, Pumpkin ate a big old gulp of um, feed, hmm. not hay, but just feed. And sometimes it'll kind of clump up, and I'm thinking there's maybe was a clump in there. But she immediately, I mean, this happened instantly. She started laying down yeah. and started coughing, and she had it like stuck in her throat. Oh, I see. So I called the vet, same kind of thing. He came out, put a tube in, and yeah. had to work it loose, and finally got it all loosened up. And then, of course, once that happens, you have to... Keep them in the stall for a couple of days because yeah. they can't be grazing. You're watching them. Yeah, it's very scary though. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, very very scary. So <clears throat> the point of all that is to say these are not passive um, animals that you can just put out to pasture and be okay with because mm -hmm. you have to watch them and be very diligent about. Yeah. Then you need to know why you're buying a horse, what kind of temperament you're looking for, what kind of performance expectations you're going to have, etc. And the temperament has to match the rider or the group of riders. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're going to have uh, children riding, you're going to have special needs people riding, you know, or if you're going to have a high competition with a very aggressive rider, okay, that's a different horse. Mm -hmm. And you'll so you and I happen to have or have had, like I don't 
I wouldn't call any of my horses now bomb proof, but Elvis was. He mm-hmm. died, but he he was bomb proof. I would consider Doc and Pumpkin probably in that category. They are now. I've worked a lot with. They've both had issues that I've worked a lot with to get them. Yeah. To that point. And, and and the 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 term bomb proof is not it's not a terrorist term or anything. It's just one that literally the idea is you could set a bomb off next to the horse and the horse wouldn't flinch, and, with a rider on. And, and that's the idea is that you you want to put a kid on a horse and not have that horse freak. Yeah, and it's important because like we talked about earlier, the horse is 180 degree opposite of a dog, right? Yeah. A dog, if something is threatening to a dog, they go straight at it, they bark at it, they attack it. Yeah. Horse is a flight animal. That's right. So when a horse is scared, they run. That's right. And so by default, they're scared of everything. They're scared of a paper bag. They're scared of a leaf that's blowing. Yeah, garden hoses. Yeah, garden hoses. They think of snakes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the whole process is to get them exposed to um, as many things as possible. That's right. So that they recognize it's not something to be feared. Yeah. And there will always be things that come up. I had it a couple weeks ago. I decided to install um, some uh, tie down hooks, or not hooks, but rings onto our post on our barn out there so uh-huh. we could tie them outside. Oh, right? yeah. Because we never had that. So I go out and I went to Tractor Supply and I got these little things and installed them. They're great. You know, and I get pumpkin and tie her on there. It's great. I get Doc and start tying them. And, and I look in his <laughs> eyes. He's freaking out. Yeah, he didn't freak out, but I look at him, and I could just tell. And this is something I wouldn't have noticed in the early days. It would have turned into a disaster. But I could just tell he took, like, a slight step back, and his eyes just got a little bit wider. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, what just happened? Well, what just happened was I'd clink that little silver thing. Oh, yeah. And I thought, okay. And, he was and then I realized the sun is blazing, you know, from the west. I look at it. It's reflecting like crazy, and it's making a loud noise. And so I said, okay. And so what I did, which is what you're supposed to do, is I clanked it again. Yeah. And I clanked it again louder and louder. And then he started to... Yep. And then Pumpkin started to back up a little bit. And then I kind of got him to step forward just a little bit. And I kept clanking it. And then finally, he just kind of yeah. calmed down, he realized, went back to sleep. He realized it's not a threat. But it's that kind of stuff that happened. Those things will happen all the time. And if you're not... Knowing what you're doing, all that will build up, and then the horse will freak out and bolt or yeah. something, right? Well, the, there, but you got to be on the lookout for that kind no, of stuff. No, there, there was one that freaked me out. So Elvis was our 30-year-old horse that died last year, and he was the best horse we'll ever, ever, ever have. And he was a black-and-white paint horse. And so I was going to get – I was catching him because some, I don't know, some family came over to the house, and they wanted to ride horses, and we were just going to saddle Elvis up. Alice, my big rhinoceros-sized cow, Angus cow, had just delivered meatball at the time, and that was her little um, bull calf. And Elvis had never seen a calf before for some reason. <laughs> and so I go halter Elvis up, and then we walk by uh, Alice and the baby, and the, and the baby just kind of shot out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Elvis just thought the world ended. Yeah, it's it scared crazy. him to death. Right, uh, this itty bitty little baby cow just coming out behind its mama. Right, <laughs> so he literally reared up and started running away. <laughs> pulled the halter away from. And this him. is the calmest horse in the world. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. you. Yeah. It's just funny. So you just have to have to watch out for that. So. Um, I thought it would be good just to share lessons learned with uh, our friends out there about 
what to look for and what's happened to us and why I started off this episode so incredibly pissed off <laughs> because I just thought about all the things that have gone badly for me in trying to find horses for Caroline. Caroline's my daughter, and we've gone through a bunch of horses, and we'll go through a bunch more horses before this life's over, uh-huh. I think. And um, and we're we're blessed now that we've got some that are great, and we've gotten rid of some that are awful. Right, um, right, right. And and so I thought that'd be fun for us to talk through. So well, um, the first thing that comes to mind is I remember uh, the shirtless guy at the place. Oh uh, yeah. The first thing he ever told me was make sure they have a good eye. Oh. And I was like, well, what does that mean? He said, just make sure that. Their eye looks calm. I'm sure he told you that, too. Yeah. Well, you can see a lot in their eyes. Make sure their eye's calm. Make sure there's not a whole lot of white showing. Yep. I was yeah. like, okay. I didn't quite understand what he was no, talking about. I do get that. I look for that now. Yeah. Now it's so obvious now. And, and it's like you don't want to see the whites in their eyes. It's the same kind of thing with a horse. If a horse has darting eyes or they're really agitated, you'll see the whites all in right. their eyes, and they're not calm at all. Right. And that you need to... You know, maybe maybe it's something they like they you freak them out and they're not used to you as you approach them to look at them as to buy, but you definitely need to. Well, the more that you work, the more that you work with them, the calmer they become. Yeah. Right. So if I'm go look at a horse and it's all wild eyed, I know nobody's working with it, nobody's taking care of it, nobody's right. doing the bomb proof stuff that we yeah. talked about. Right. You know, so it's going to be a challenge. Right. 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 It may not be necessarily crazy, but it it hadn't. Somebody's not, you know, putting the time into it. So that's a big one. It is. Well, let me let me tell you some of the. So I read a few articles, and these all validate things that we, you and I, have learned over the years. The pre-buying requirements. One is you always want to have a vet check. Mm-hmm. And so whether the vet goes with you or you hire a vet, a local vet to go check it out. That's independent from that family, uh, so you can get an objective veterinarian check. And they'll go through all the musculoskeletal, the bone structures, the feet, the teeth, the immunization history, the heritage, all that. And uh, a lot of times they'll say, hey, do you want me to go ahead and run all the x-rays on this horse too? And they'll just run some of the key parts through x-rays. And I didn't do that. Yeah. uh, You know, with with our first one, we had the vet meet us at the place and he did the whole thing. Most of the time that's overkill. And, and And then when he asked for the... X-rays. I'm like, nah. Yeah, I, don't think so. I remember that. That felt like it was gonna be overkill. I remember. I think you yeah. even asked me, and I'm like, yeah, that feels yeah, like I think overkill. I did ask because you. Doc was, you know, this was when we were buying Doc, and I was with Kevin, and Caroline went out with us to to look at Doc for the first time. He's a fantastic horse, but um, a lot of times you'll do those radiology checks for the feet in particular because mm-hmm. the horse's foot. When you look at the physiology of the horse's foot, it is crazy. Yeah. It's like inner layers of all kinds. Of, I mean, it's just layer upon layer going out to the hoof. And there's a lot of times where there can be some spiraling or weird growth or whatever. And then the, the horse becomes lame, which means they're no good to anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And basically, ultimately, you're going to have to put that horse down. Uh, but p- people, again, are dishonest, and they will prop a horse up to say, oh, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you do the vet check. You look at the feet in particular, and to see if there's a lot of, uh, you know, rheumatol- rheuma- what, what do you call it? We'll just, I'll just say arthritis. Arthritis. Soreness yeah. and arthritis yeah. um, that, that occur. Then you do, you know, you check the lineage, uh, which is basically, you know, the family tree of the horse to see. And a lot of times they'll either be re- 
registered or unregistered. And Scout was our first kind of horse after Elvis that we bought. And it was an unregistered horse, but we got the whole backstory mm-hmm. of that. And it was just they didn't do the paperwork right, so it was fine. Good breeding that we could tell, mm-hmm. and then she turned out fine. Both of mine were registered. Yeah. And they both have uh, Doc Bar on their papers. Yeah. And so they're kind of, you know, Doc Bar had thousands of oh, know, yeah. horses with with his name. But anyway, so we, we were able to see the papers and kind of check the lineage and right. knew it was legit, and they're all right. registered with the Quarter Horse Association and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so... so um, Elvis wasn't registered either. Mm-hmm. So Elvis wasn't, Scout wasn't. So these are, you know, unregistered horses. So you think, oh my gosh, that's a huge risk. But it, it turned out not to be. And then you go through the... Yeah, and I don't really think it's a risk if, you know, like I wouldn't be worried about it so much today, Yeah, actually, because of everything that you can tell by interacting. I mean, it's like it's like how much of your personal lineage really affects who you are. It, no. I think it's overblown. Well, that's right. But then again, it goes back to you and I spent a lot of time together, so you know me. Mm-hmm. And I know you because we spent a lot of time together. Right. It's the same thing with a horse. It's like if you're going to check the temperament, you need to spend time with that horse to really understand that temperament. So if you get a hot one or one that's real mild manner and just chill – well, you're not going to know that until you spend a lot of time with it. And mm-hmm. then you actually have to do the hard thing and ride the horse. Um, and ultimately, you're going to ride that horse multiple times. If there is a way that you can get the owner to allow you to bring the horse to your barn or to your place so that you can ride it, see it, supervise it, all that, take care of it for a week or so, a lot of people will do that. You may have to put a down payment. Or sign a waiver to say if the horse gets injured on your property and dies, then you'll pay for the value of the horse. A lot of times you'll have to do that. But that's, to me, worth it, too, so you can get basically a sneak preview. But, see, I would only do that with somebody that I knew and trusted. Yeah. You know? Because you can take a horse. If you don't know what you're doing, you can take a perfectly good horse and within a day have them so jacked up. That's true. Because when you when you pick a horse up and you put it in a new property... Again, they're going to be afraid of everything. They're going to go back to, you know, all these holes are going to come out anyway. That's right. Unless you're a, a strong horse horse person that knows what you're doing. Right. So I wouldn't, if I was selling mine, I wouldn't do it. And I almost understand now why some people really won't do that at all. Right. You know? Well, this happened with me one time. And I was running a hospital in Baton Rouge for a few years. And uh, I'd made a friend, uh, a, a young man named Cody, who was the son of a, a sweet lady that was working there at the hospital with me. Anyway, so I got to be friends with Cody and I found this horse outside of Baton Rouge and I said, Cody, come with me if you don't mind. And he was like, oh yeah, Mr. Kyle, happy to go. So he came with me, just wonderful man. And he trained horses professionally. That's what he did. And so Cody went with me and we went and looked at this horse and I was trying to find another horse for Caroline to ride barrels on. Because uh, we could tell Elvis was slowing down and whatever, and we just wanted a little bit quicker. He horse. was slowing down. Caroline was getting to where she wanted a faster horse. She too. was she was oh, ramping. Yeah, up. Elvis was never a fast horse. No, never. That's why he was amazing. Yeah, that's for right. Kids. That's right. So I found this horse. Cody went with me. We rode him. Um, wonderful. The guy allowed us to take him to Cody's ranch because he was a cutting horse guy. And so he took him to his ranch for four days. On the fourth day, and he just let him just chill out for those th- first three and a half, four days. Just chill out and kind of get used to it and just be, you know, comfortable. On the fourth day, Cody calls me. I'm at the hospital working, and he's like, Kyle, you're not going to believe what just happened. And he said, 
whatever that guy did, he said he basically aced that horse up. And ace is this, um, there's this. It's where you drug him. Yeah, it's this drug, and it's called asapromazine. And uh, that's where a lot of really crooked people will drug a horse so they're super calm when you come to see it. And it takes a few days for it to totally wear off. It wore off, and that horse's real personality came out. And he said, I even waited just to see if I was just seeing a bad mood. And he's like, no, I'm not. This horse is full crazy. And it was just unbelievably disappointing. So we loaded the horse back up, took it out, dropped it back off, said, no, thank you. And, you know, I didn't confront the guy. But it was that it's that kind of mentality. You're like, I'm going to put my 8-year-old or 10-year-old daughter that's competing on this horse, you know, all the time. And how dare you? And that's when I get so angry because people are so incredibly dishonest mm-hmm. about stuff like that. Yeah, that kind of stuff's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. Just so um, I would say, you know, you need to match the temperament with the rider. You know, so if you're going to have a hot rider, you want – go ahead and get a more aggressive horse. You just need to be able to, to do that. Well, one thing I did when I was buying the first one for the girl because the girls were really young. I mean, mm-hmm. this was almost 10 years ago now. No, wait. Yeah, what year? Yeah, this was nine, ten years ago when we yeah, bought this thing. it was. And um, I remember I intentionally was not, I would not look at a barrel horse. And the reason why is because I knew barrel horses are trained to, you get on them and you go fast. Yep. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay, I don't want, that's not what I want for my girls on the first horse, no. right? When no. they get into barrels, sure. Um, so just some, some common sense like that too, yep. you know, right. just don't look at a barrel horse. They're trained to go fast. Yeah. The other thing that we, we, we learned was how to age the horse. And a lot of times you'll be able to do that by the teeth, by mm-hmm. looking, but the vet will do that for you. And they'll look at the, there's a vein that comes down their front teeth and you can really see pretty almost exact. I mean, how old they are, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. It's almost like, the, almost like the rings in a tree. Right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so that's cool. But then we've had, you know, just kind of transitioning into the, the some of the horror stories. Uh, you certainly had, I don't know if that's really a horror story that, I mean, that when Kendra fell, that was just. Well, before that, I mean, when we uh, when we first started looking for one, yeah. we did that trip out to Sherman. Yeah, that was crazy. You, I remember you sent me a YouTube video, these people on YouTube. Yeah, she looked and like a ballerina from Switzerland. And she had kind of a Swiss accent or something. Right. And uh, and she was doing these crazy, like, gymnast, ballet gymnastics on this horseback in video. And Well, and, she could stand on it. Yeah. And then she had a horse, a tarp over his head. Yeah. Right? And Which just, was all cool. We thought, man. So we thought, man, this horse is, you know, great. Horse. And then they had another one that uh, was a barrel horse. Yep. Or I don't know if it was a barrel horse, but it's one that Caroline was interested in. Yeah, so we went out to look at two so horses. So we loaded up. We one took, for you, one for me. We took the shirtless man with us. And we did. He smoked a pipe in your truck all day. <laughs> he did. It still stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally stinks still. But uh, but yeah. yeah Drove we, to Sherman, and I got on that yellow horse. And uh, yeah, it had a good eye. Yeah, we looked, you know, Ed's like, yeah, it's got a good eye. I'm like, okay. And um, but it was stiff as a board. And it kind of challenged me just a little bit, which is okay. Like today, I would probably buy that horse. Yeah. Because it was, I think, I don't know, they wanted 1500 and, you know, it wasn't bad. But, you know, Ed was like, well, that's your first one. You probably, you know, probably want something a little better trained, which was really, really good advice. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, but I remember when we were sitting there and Caroline had ridden off to test this other horse out and, you know, (laughs) 
we're standing there talking and we're just talking and suddenly Caroline just flies by like a hundred miles an hour and I looked at her and I could tell by her face that she wasn't telling the horse to do that no <laughs> and no. it was hauling butt as fast as it could and went straight into the barn yeah and uh, we were like, okay. We uh, learned what the term barn sour <laughs> is at that, that point. Was definitely <laughs> out of control. So Carolyn had just walked this horse out, you know, several hundred yards from the barn. And we were probably 50 yards uh, from the barn. And it, it did. It was barn sour. And yeah. it just said, enough of this silliness. I'm yeah. going back. And so, yeah. Uh, well, that, that old man told me, so, you know, save up a little more money and buy something that's a little more polished. Yeah. And that was really good advice. It, it was. And, of course, the owner said, oh, that horse has never done that to us before. Never. That's yeah. shocking. Never done that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I bet. I bet yeah. it does it every time you get on. Good <laughs> 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 liar. So then, then another horror story for us was when we did get Doc, when we went out and when we got Kevin's first horse, we found – it and then we found another horse. It was a blue roan that was one of the prettier horses that I've ever seen, still to this day. Yeah. And uh, Caroline came out with us, with Kevin and I, and um, rode Doc. Kevin rode Doc. You know, they got comfortable with that, so it was kind of a done deal. We were like, okay, yeah. I don't, I can't remember if Ed went out with us or not. No, that was just the three of us on that one. Yeah. And what happened that day was I, I decided, okay, and I had researched this horse. Oh yeah. A lot because there was a lot online from this organization we bought it from very legit war and he did reining before <laughs> he was rainer yeah he was like a twenty thousand dollar horse when he was four years old his first oh, yeah. owner bought i mean he was finished polished you name it yeah but he's just older now not yeah. competing anymore so anyway so i'd researched the whole thing and they had lots of videos on youtube and it was all legit yeah. so basically i wrote it caroline wrote it i think you wrote it we all said, yeah, that's that's a no-brainer for yeah. the twins. He's amazing. And then Caroline moved on. She was trying to find a barrel horse. And uh -huh. so there was this blue roan that she just fell in love with that Yeah, day. we probably spent two, three hours messing with this horse. Uh-huh. And, uh, again, I got on that one, too, and it was a dream. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't too aggressive, had a real nice spirit, whatever. It was fine. And, it was again, a blue roan is a really unique-looking kind of grayish with kind of a blue tint to it on a horse. Just beautiful. And, uh, and yeah, we went to – Whatever, get deposits and whatnot, and yeah, that's when it all turns. They were off. holding, <laughs> they were holding that horse for somebody else, and yeah. she didn't tell you that. She didn't tell me that after spending all that time. Uh, you said, "Well, here's here's the f I, I don't know five hundred dollars yeah, deposit I got like or whatever." Pleasant for Doc, and, yeah. and I got my five hundred dollars, and I had a checkbook ready to spend on the whole nut of it. And uh, as soon as I got my checkbook out, she's like, "Oh well." Uh, I got I got somebody else already lined up to sell it to, and I'm just like, you dirty rat. Well, I think the thing that was so disappointing is that really, that Caroline was really upset about it. She you was. Know, she really, it really hurt Caroline's. Well, I mean, I mean she was young. She, how, Caroline was still very young. How dishonest that is that, though? If you're going to sell a horse and you've got a, you know, a buyer, then why would you say... Try no. it out. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. It's for sale. Yeah. When yeah. It's, when it's well, really I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of people just try them out and they aren't serious. So. I, I won't give any benefit of any <laughs> doubt. But, the, but yeah, then we then I, I had another horrible story where I did buy a hot horse, and Caroline and I agreed we're going to buy this horse, and and we bought it, and it was, it was the hell horse. And uh, it was so bad that – I got on it a couple of times in my home arena. It bucked me off. It bucked Caroline off many, many times. And then it got to the point where I just said, and Caroline thought, 
like you do. Like I'm good enough. I can work with it and I can, I can do this. I can train it. And we let her for a few months try. And we realized that it was so volcanically hot. Mm. And we looked back at its breeding and it had a super hot mom and a super hot dad where they were, you know, top of the line, fastest barrel horses ever breeding together. And they created this volcanic horse. And I finally found somebody, uh, and Caroline by then had agreed. She's like, I can't, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found somebody to give this horse away to. Mm -hmm. And they came, and it took everything. She wouldn't get in the trailer either. And it took everything. This guy was probably twice as big as me, a giant, big football player, Marine kind of dude. And uh, he finally basically just threw the horse in the trailer by himself. He grabbed a rope. He tied it to the backside. I was trying to help as best I could. And he finally got – he roped the horse's butt in with – uh, the halter kind of coming out a window. So we were winching on the, the, the halter to drag it in. He was roping it in and pushing it in the trailer from behind. And he finally got it in and I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. And they were going to create a brood mare out of her. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go breed her. Yeah. Yeah. And sell her ponies yeah, to some smart. little babies. Yeah. No, it's terrible. No, it's not. Yeah, that's a good use for that horse. horse needed to be put down. It did not. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it did not. I should have done I should have done it myself. No, 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 no. How no. dare me proliferate? In fact, you should have you should have bred it and used that to get your ag exemption. No. No. Then I'd have more hell horses on my place. No. 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 Come on. No. What's that what's that saying you had from our first uh how to make a million dollars on the No, horses? that that quote from our first one of our first ones. You remember that? <laughs> This this is the what were, what were we reading during that? Whenever this came up, I can't remember the it context. Was, it for this. was Texas myths about everybody in Texas rides a horse. Yeah, but and who was I quoting anyway? It was I'm terrified guy. of horses, and you couldn't pay me five million nine hundred eighty thousand eighty eight dollars to get on one of those oversized Satan donkeys. <laughs> I can't remember who. We no, were it was quoting. an article yeah. from a guy that wrote kind of the top myths about being a Texan, right? And then that was it. Oh, one of the myths was everybody rides a horse, and, and that like, was his response. You, Heck no, a Satan I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah. Now, now we do have, and I, one more story, and then I'll shut up. But um, we did end up buying a horse from some friends, and it was a one-eyed horse, believe it or mm-hmm. not. And uh, he turned out to be great. He was a little short fella, and I've talked about him before. Uh, Caroline used him as a lesson horse after Elvis died, and uh, he we had special needs kids get on. We had all kinds of kids get on, and she ended up giving thousands of lessons on him, and he did great. And then when Caroline went off to school to college, we ended up giving him to a special special needs ranch, and now mm-hmm. he's being used over there because he's just such a good boy. Yeah, uh, well, that's so, awesome. Yeah, just yeah. sweet. That's sweet. Well, you know, uh, when we first brought Doc home, I mean, Doc's pretty much bomb proof. Yeah, you know, some like when Sammy was riding him the other day, she could barely get him to go. So I've been working with them on that to get him to go a little bit better. Yeah, but man, when we first brought him home. Uh, again, we didn't know what was going on. This wasn't home. It was at that place where we were boarding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would go out there in the mornings, just kind of, you know, mess around. So I went out there one morning, and I think we he had been there for maybe a day or two, right? So brand new environment. Again, I had no idea what I was doing, right? So this horse, brand new environment. It was a fall morning. Mm-hmm. It was cold outside. It oh, was yeah. foggy. And I go at like 6 a.m. and I get this horse out. I hadn't spent any time with it at all, 
right? This horse doesn't know me from Adam, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, I bought him, but the horse doesn't know me. No. So I get out there, and this, you know, I said, okay, I want to see you know, if I can get this horse going, right? So we, I was looping around on, uh, on uh, you know, when you, depending on which way you're going around the arena, they pick up the different lead, right? And oh, you're yeah. kind of always working with them. So he's loping around one way, he's doing great. And then we start to go the other way, which now I know is his bad side, but I didn't know at the time. Would not pick up this lead, and so I finally got a little frustrated and just kicked. I kicked him pretty hard. Yeah. And when I did that, and I don't know if something else spooked at the same time or exactly what was going on, he took off like a bat out of hell, <laughs> right? I believe <laughs> it. was like, whoa, I didn't know this horse could. I mean, he was going so fast. that by the, And what you know we were taught is to, you know, if, if they take cir- off on you, yeah, put them into a little circle, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was going so fast that by the time I got my, you know, self-oriented to put him into a circle, uh-huh. we had already gone. You remember that arena? Yeah. We had started by where the barrels were. Mm. We were already back around. Yeah. And as I turned him, I turned him right to face a barrel on accident. Oh. And as soon as he saw the barrel, he instantaneously stopped. Oh, geez. Went from a full gallop to stop, and he stopped so fast that I flew Oh yeah. over his neck, and I flew over the barrel. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I landed right on my face yeah. in the dirt. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And I stood up. I remember standing up and brushing myself off, and I was looking around. <laughs> Is there anybody out here looking? Yeah. I look over at Doc, and he's like, Crow hopping and his nostrils are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh wow, and that was a big lesson, right? Because I'm thinking, oh, it's a little calm, little horse, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, big lesson. Yeah, new environment. You it's a horse. You don't know what you're doing. It's still a horse. It's a horse. It's still a very powerful animal. And by the way, that horse can go 45 miles an hour very quickly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and a lot of times, he's not thinking of whether or not you're on the right. Or not. Right. Lesson learned. Right. But I had already done enough homework to at least know that you know, okay, it's probably my fault. Let me go figure out what I did wrong instead yeah. of just trying to. Blame it on the horse. Well, and it can be scary. A lot of people get gun shy after that, and they're mm-hmm. like, I'm, "I'm not." And the rule, all the the teachers, the great teachers that I've seen over the years are always. And this goes back to kind of the cowboy way: is that you got to get back on, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a life lesson. For you don't all have of to. And I'll tell the story as to why you don't. But okay. it was good that I did. And then also at that same facility, if you remember, they had a round pin. But uh-huh. you remember how small that round pin was? It was tiny. It was a tiny little thing. Yeah. So I was out there one time, again, maybe a couple days later, and I thought, okay, I don't want to take off out of the, you know, bolt off again. Let me go in the round pin. Mm-hmm. So I get on the round pin, and I start looping around this little round pin. <laughs> <laughs> it goes so fast, I realized how tiny this thing was. Yeah. I hit my leg on the panel. Yeah. And, like, bounced off, fell into the middle of the round pin. Oh, so, great. Two accidents almost immediately with my first horse I ever owned. Okay. So that's where I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure something out. So no, wait a minute. What's your wisdom about don't get back on the horse? No, I was getting back on the horse. You don't have to get back on the horse. Why? A lot of people go their entire life without ever riding a horse. You don't have to get back on the horse, and this is this is why I say that. Kendra had an accident where she actually had a legit. Oh no, that was terrible. Life threatening accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Chicago. 
A horse slipped in the mud. She fell off. She broke yeah. seven ribs in multiple uh-huh. places, punctured her lung. I was first on scene with yeah. your girls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, people have told Kendra, you should get right back on the horse. Oh, no, no, no. Like, no. You don't ever have to get on a horse again. No, that's right. That's right. That's so, a different situation. Okay. But the anecdote that has life lessons is that if and when you ever fail at something, it's to try, try to try again. Of course. That's yeah. the the premise in life. But, you know, I've had so many... I fell off out here right after we brought him home. I yeah. was riding around out here and stirrup fell off. I had this new saddle I bought on Craigslist. Oh, yeah. It's riding along when the stirrups fell off. Oh, that's frustrating. I'm like, okay, how do I get off this thing? I couldn't stop, so I just kind of flopped off. You know, you know, that's why Caroline teaches all of her students how to ride bareback. How, how to dismount? Yeah. No. no. Or how to how ride, to bare ride bareback. That's a good so one. So that you really know how to control your weight and, and, and get the horse's attention through hip pressure and mm-hmm. leg pressure versus just all being handsy. Mm-hmm. And it always made me nervous, but all of her teachers had always taught her, you need to be able to, to ride the horse bareback mm-hmm. for that very reason. So that if your, your feet come out of the stirrups or whatever, uh, then you still know you what to do. You can still know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all, I mean, you know, we haven't fell off in years and years uh, since then. Oh, well, there was one incident where Sarah and I were out for a trail ride. This mm-hmm. was years ago, right after we moved out here. And we were coming back. It was super cold. Mm-hmm. So we'd ridden all through. We've done a lot when we would ride through Saddlebrook yeah. back here. Great place. Anyway, we were coming back, and we were coming up to um, where Frenchtown and Gibbons intersect back here. And so we're both riding along. We're just walking, and we start turning. And there's some big field over there across the thing. And, and I don't know what they saw. Both horses saw something. at the exa- They both stopped at the exact same time. And then it was like we could not have orchestrated it. It was like, you know, they both immediately did a 180 together uh-huh. in syn- synchronously. And Sarah and I both fell off oh, in no. sync and landed on the ground. Uh-huh. And we both got up and were like, what just happened? Yeah. And we looked and they were just standing over there looking at us like, yeah. where are y'all? Why are y'all there? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I, yeah, I'm not trying to scare anybody away from the horse world. Because uh, I I love it and we're a big part of it, but I've seen some horrific falls. Yeah, I, you know, in the countless thousands of hours I've been watching rodeos for the past ten plus years, <laughs> I've seen I've seen horses die in the arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen many many broken things on people. I I was there when Kendra was carted up. You know, um, you well, know. And, and that's a big that was that has that was a big chapter for us, right? Oh, yeah. Because we had just bought. Uh, the horse, right? Yeah. Kendra was out taking a lesson, yeah. and the twins were taking lessons too, right? So they were all in this arena together. Right. And I was in Chicago. Should have never been a lesson that day. It had been raining for days. It was just, yeah. it was mud, and like the sand was like uh, just slick, right? Yeah, it was. So anyway, so I my phone, you started calling me. And I was in a meeting in Chicago. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll call back. It was back. the same, you know, auto, it was, delete, I'll delete, call back. delete, delete. No. <laughs> it came in once. I said, I, I'm in a meeting. Sent a voicemail. And then immediately called again. I yeah. thought, okay, something's going on here. If I double call, it's a it's an issue. Yeah. So I stepped out and um, uh, called you back. You're like, dude, Kendra just fell off a horse. She's in the IC. Or she's, they're in picking the her up in an ambulance. Yeah. I've got yeah. the twins. Mm. Um, crazy. So I had to get on the first flight back from Chicago. Do you, do you remember whenever I called you off of Martinsville? 
Yes. Sammy just joined us, friends. And what? Yeah, I couldn't understand what was going on. Mm. So Sarah and Sammy saw this happen right oh, in front yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. So they were terrified. Yeah, and so, so I had to go through a whole process of... Yeah, reacclimating them. Yeah, just getting them to just walk the horse around. And then we yeah. hired a really good uh, trainer, yeah. Jacqueline, who was just amazing. She was fantastic. And she very quickly built the girl's confidence back up. You had yeah. to despook the horse, but you didn't know you had to despook the riders. Well, I did well, that, have to despook That's them. one of the biggest yeah. psychological issues. And when you when you fall and you're committed to keep going, then yeah, absolutely. Ja- and Jacqueline was the one. So back to the premise of the issue uh, is that when you're going to go buy a horse, you need a Jacqueline or mm-hmm. somebody or, or the shirtless, shirtless Ed to go with you mm-hmm. to uh, to be the experienced wise guide to help you see the whites in their eyes or something's weird or their feet are bad or, you know. And it's worth the money to pay somebody to do that. It is. You know, it if is. you trust them the, and if you know them. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. And so our second horse we bought is a piece of cake. We bought it yeah. from Jacqueline. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Doc would have been a piece of cake, too, if I had known what I was doing. Well, you know? So I'm learning. Right. So anyway, and then we had to tell the kids that had just seen their mother fall off a horse that they were getting a horse for Christmas while the mom was in ICU. <laughs> That's literally what happened. Well, Amy, And they were still excited, and they loved it, and it was great. I'll tell you, the, the best gift that keeps on giving is the, the great picture that my wife took of your wife in the hospital <laughs> yeah. under, under early anesthesia. Right. And that was amazing. What a sweet smile that right. was. Right, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sweet smile. So, yeah. So, anyway, I'll go back to my pissed off nature that generally everybody in the horse world is untrustworthy and dishonest and, and bad people. Well, yeah. And I don't, I don't get pissed off about it, but I just make that assumption. Okay. If I'm well, dealing with, like I mentioned about the farrier, I just assumed he was going to be dishonest till he proved otherwise. So, the farriers generally have been fine. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the horse traders. But I'm just saying anybody that's associated with horses, I assume. Assume they're going to be that bad. They're going to be dishonest. My, my they're going to rip me off. Is bad. Yeah, no, that's right. Whether it's a vet, whether it's a farrier, whether it's a horse trader, yeah, uh, whether or it's even selling some dude just selling a horse, or even selling horse equipment, you've got to mm-hmm. be kind of wary about that. It's like, oh, this is a fantastic, you know, hand sewn leather saddle, and then you look at the underside and it was made in Pakistan or something. <laughs> You're like, really? <laughs> so, I'm just saying, it's a, it's an industry where it feels like there's a ton of dishonesty honesty yeah. and when you find somebody that actually knows what they're talking about they can be trustworthy you need to latch on and don't let go mm-hmm. that's what I i'm saying i agree with that and if you ever have any real comments and call kevin kevin and i we'll i don't know give you a little guidance maybe yeah just call us at 1-800 how to be a texan 1-800 how to be a texan we're gonna open it up for calls now or ich habe keine lust <laughs> go back to my german speaking <laughs> Now, oh, now I will tell you, I don't know how to buy one of those giant John Snow horses, Andrew. Do you know how to do that? How to buy one of those? A big John Snow horse for Game of Thrones. No, I don't know how to buy one of those. If you're gonna have you like can't a, do that. You <laughs> can't do that. If you're going to have like an Icelandic sword battle on horseback. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, enough talk about horses. Boy, I get hot. I get hot when Man, I start talking about horses. It's unbelievable. Man, I, it's such I a beautiful like thing this. to see, but oh man, I get hot. See, I love the horse. I mean, I find it very relaxing. I well, love the yeah, horses. When, you, when you get a nice horse, yeah. When you get a bad one, they're terrible. It just causes heart attacks and stuff, stuff like that. Remember that one when we were first looking? You showed me this thing on Craigslist, and it was a 
you know, family great for the kids, and the picture is this <laughs> guy on this paint horse, and it's like reared up, yeah, he's barely holding on. That's yeah. the picture. It like, was a bandito. He like had, a <laughs> yeah. Maybe he had trained it to do that, and he was just showing it off. Yeah, it didn't look family like a safe, friendly kid you know, horse. It looked yeah. like the Lone Ranger and, <laughs> and Tonto. Uh, yeah. Well, what was his horse? Stallion? Uh, no, uh, Silver. Silver. Yeah, Silver. You know, Ohio Silver. Right, it was right, exactly right. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Anywho, hey, thank y'all for listening and bearing with all my animosity toward bad people. Man, you need to relax. Yeah. I know what you like to do when you when you want to relax. Smoke okay. some cigarettes, have some chicken fried steak, and then drink some beer. There you go. I, I need all three of those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thank y'all for listening to us today. We appreciate it. All right. Look us up on iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, Google Play. We're all over the place. Leave us a review. Adios. Adios.